Welcome to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show Podcast from Real Country 92.1 Hank FM. Brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito. Recorded live every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers in Alito. And now with Alito Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones, the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Play of the first quarter, the Bearcats facing third down and 10. Haney to throw, fires down the far side of the field looking for Ray Guillory and he's got it! Touchdown! And that was the second touchdown that the Bearcats scored right before the end of the first quarter, and that was pretty much indicative of how their night went. They executed in all phases, and they went on to defeat a Centennial out of Burleson by a score of 42 to nothing. Hi, everybody. Kevin Longquist coming to you from inside of uh, Jake's here on 1187 because of the uh, cooler weather that's outside, so we're happy to have you with us. A big Monday night as we're recording this because we just got done watching the Rangers go up 2 to nothing over the Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series. And, of course, a lot of people sticking around tonight on Monday night because they're going to watch the Cowboys take on the Los Angeles Chargers out on the West Coast. And we're happy to have you with us again. We had more than 100 downloads from last week's show. And, of course, uh, we're going to have a special three-segment show for you this week. Uh, in, in our second segment, after we're done with Coach Jones, we're going to have quarterback Hoss Haney and linebacker Devon Keyes. They were so popular in the opening round, opening show uh, that they uh, we were getting calls and demands for them to come back for a uh, return performance. So they're going to be back with us. Of course, we're going to be talking about the district championship game against Denton Ryan this coming Friday. And then in our third segment, segment we're going to be joined by volleyball coach Claire Gay. Her team really, really hot right now. They're on the verge of winning the district 5-5A championship, so lots to get to. And before we get started with Coach, let's uh, give you a quick update on Centennial quarterback Iverson Moore. You might remember he got hurt in the second quarter of that game and was taken off the field on a stretcher. Had a chance to visit with the Centennial head coach Kyle Geller uh, over the weekend, said that everything seems to be going very well in terms of uh, Moore's progression, seems to be improving all the way, should be okay, and so that's a really good sign. And I know, Coach Jones, you were out there on the field when that happened that unfortunate injury happened to Iverson and so everyone's it kind of changes the whole tenor of the game and that sort of thing and so but it, but a good sign that he seems to be coming on the other side of this yeah a good thing that he's uh, going to make it you know out of that 100 percent you know we, we kind of felt that way uh, even when they were going to load him up on the stretcher uh, he was moving his arms his legs everything was good it was just a precautionary uh, measure to make sure everything was good yep okay so let's just talk a bit about uh, your 42 to nothing victory over Centennial. I think we all were expecting a, a game that where you might get pushed again, but you all set the tone early. You get the ball to start and score. You get the stop, and then you guys are able to score again. It just the way this team has been so polished in the way it has approached its starts, what's really impressed you, not only from you know, what they've done so far, but what you've seen from them in, in this game against Centennial? Right, just the consistency that we've been able to go out and execute. Uh, we, you know, one of the big things that came out of this game was uh, the third down execution. You know, we put ourselves in some third downs, which we don't like to do, but we were able to overcome those and uh, get those third downs uh, and, and turn them into touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you had a third and 10, you had a third and five, you had a third and 15. I'm like, that's not the way you really want to uh, live your life on offense here. But the explosiveness that you have with this group at least allows you to have the opportunity to convert those. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, we have, we have some guys out there that can make a lot of plays. Uh, that, that's a good thing. You know, what we, you know, we don't like getting in those situations. That's a credit to Centennial's defense. Centennial's defense is a lot better than what some people might want to give them credit for. You know, they're, they're pretty talented. Uh, they, they do a really good job. 
you know, of, of stopping the run, you know, and that's why we had so much success with the pass game was because they were so concentrated on trying to stop the run. Yeah, I was impressed with their defensive front. Their nose tackle was pretty good. I mean, they run that 3-3 stack, and, and it seemed like, you know, they were, for a couple of places, I mean, they kind of made things difficult for you guys. Yeah, and, and they were moving around quite a bit, you know, with those guys, you know, those three down linemen. They didn't just, you know, sit there where they uh, were lined up. You know, at the snap of the ball, they were, you know, slanting one way or another, you know, trying to make it a little more difficult on us. Let's talk a little bit about the way you all approach this offense. Of course, their flexbone option attack. And I think the one thing, because uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Brad McCone, the defensive coordinator, uh, right after you and I did our uh, – uh, coaches show before the game on Friday night was that he said they act, you all actually had the opportunity to work for multiple weeks in preparation. I mean, again, the schedule being what it was, you all could actually afford to maybe take a period here and there. But that really seemed to pay off because you didn't really give them much of an opportunity to execute it. Maybe a couple of runs by Keyshawn Tucker, but that was about it. Yeah, they threw a few little new wrinkles at us, you know, that they were able to have some success with. But, you know, we, we did. We took a couple of periods throughout uh, the, the previous weeks uh, to work on them a little bit so that our kids would be a little more familiar with it. I think it also helped us the fact that we have so many returners uh, coming back from last year that faced it twice. We talked so much about eye discipline. I mean, one thing, a couple of things we talked about last week was, you know, assignment football and them being patient. But maybe eye discipline, something we didn't really talk about as much, and you really have to have that as well to complement the other two factors. Yeah, and our kids did a really good job of that. They gave us a little bit more motion than what they normally do. And what they were trying to do was they were trying to just basically line up in something different, motion to one of their normal formations to to run their base plays, and our kids did a really good job of picking up on that. Okay, so I want to transition to your offense. You guys, again, as we mentioned a few moments ago, that you scored on the first possession. Seventh time in eight games you've done that, and I think, you know, and if any coach wants to have his team get off to a quick start, you couldn't ask for a better way than that. I mean, you couldn't draw up a start to a game any better than what you all have experienced in the first eight games of the season. Yeah, you know, and that's always one of the, you know, first goals that you have starting the game off is you want to have a really good drive that first you know, offensive series, put points on the board, you know, and then have your defense come out there and maybe get a quick stop and get the ball back to you. And that seemed to be working out pretty well for you. I mean, offensively, is it just because of the fact that this is such a veteran group and they know what to expect, they know how to execute the game plan, that it's not going to be like a, we need to kind of get to know each other and kind of get into the flow of the game before we can start hitting. Right, right. yeah, that experience helps. You know, and it, it doesn't hurt to have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation back there running your offense. You know, so, you know, things just have been working out really well for us, you know, because of the fact that we have guys that know their, know their job and then they go out and execute their job. You had a lot of faces come back last week, Ray Guillory being one. Also uh, got Caden Finley back, got Hawk Daniels back. And what did you see from that? How much rust was there or how much, or how quickly were they able to transition and get into the flow of things? I don't think there was a whole lot of rust there. You know, it was good to see those guys out there uh, being able to, you know, run and, and be healthy and, and contribute to the team. I think with Hawk, of course, he, he shared with us after the game with Mercedes about, you know, his mom fighting breast cancer and how he was playing for her. But I actually thought, and Kyle and I were talking about this during the game, that we thought that it was probably the best game that he's ever played at Alito High School. Uh, yeah, it was one of his best games that he's had. You know, he was doing a really good job, you know, running great routes, uh, blocking out on the perimeter, and then also, you know, we used him in the backfield some. In terms of that, what do you think that does for him from a confidence standpoint, 
moving forward and what he could mean for your offense. I don't, I don't think Hawk lacks any confidence. You know, he, uh, <laughs> he's pretty high on himself, and, and he has good reason to be. You know, he's a tremendous athlete, uh, and he goes out and he, and he does things really well for us and makes plays for us. Okay, defensively, you get Carson Dempsey back on at one defensive end spot. You limited his snaps, but what did you see from him in terms of just his productivity and what you all could do and when you had to sit him? Yeah, you know, that, that game the other night, you know, that's not really, you know, he, he's going to do a good job for us rushing the passer, you know, and that's that wasn't that type of game last night. But he did a really good job of, you know, executing his responsibility uh, and being a physical football player uh, up front. You know, he made a couple of really good plays for us that where he didn't make the tackle, but he uh, took out the blockers that allowed for our linebackers to get there, you know, unblocked. Kind of like influencing the yeah. play in some respect. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can go out and you can take out some of their blockers that are trying to work up to a linebacker and you let that linebacker run free, it helps out the defense quite a bit. Kind of reminds me, too, like a nose tackle where he may not have a lot of tackles in the course of a season, but if he's plugging things up, allowing linebackers to fill gaps, that's where you really notice his yeah, yeah. And again, different position, but you know what I mean. Right, you know, and that's basically what it was, you know, uh, he would he would squeeze on the tackle, keep the tackle off of Devon, you know, and then they had a guard pull in one time to try and kick him out, he got underneath that kick out block, blew it up, and the play had to bounce out to an unblocked outside linebacker. So let's talk a little bit about, as far as just how much more you can use him this week. And obviously with Denton Ryan and the district championship, we'll talk about that in a moment. But moving forward this week, is there a chance that you could probably use him, quote unquote, for a full games, or are we oh. still are we still building up to that? No, I mean he he's going to be full go. We're we're still going to rotate guys like we have been, just to try and keep fresh bodies in there. Uh, but I feel like he can probably play a little bit more than what he did last week. All right. Bearcats are going to be playing for the District 3-5A Championship this coming Friday against Denton Ryan. It's a 6.30 pregame show on 92.1 Hank FM. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock. The uh, Raiders were, are coming off their bye. And again, they're only playing nine games this year. They were supposed to have a game in week two of the season. However, that got scrapped, and so they couldn't find a game to fill that spot. So they actually have they're about as well-rested as you could be in a team like this. But again, for the District Championship, what stands out about this team? They may not be the most explosive offensive team that you're going to face, but they don't beat themselves either. Right. No, the defense is what stands out the most uh, for those guys. They got a really good defense. Their defensive front is going to be as big of a defensive front uh, as we're going to see all year. Uh, they're physical. Uh, they're big. They can run. Uh, and then back in the secondary, they're, they're fast, you know. So, you know, their defense is the main thing that sticks out. And then on, on their offense, number two, uh, I believe his name is Braden uh, Mussett. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's a really good football player. They line him up out at receiver. Uh, he's hard for people to cover. He's, he's caught a lot of deep balls for touchdowns. And then they bring him into the backfield as a Wildcat quarterback and, and use him in the run game. So, you know, he's he's their main cog over on offense, but then on defense, you know, they got a lot of really good football players. And kind of like he's kind of like their Swiss Army knife. Yeah, so. he is. Uh, yeah. So they run this four-two-five, which is pretty with three safeties, and there's some youth on that defense, but pretty physical guys. And of course, when you're coming through a program like Ryan, you're just going to be a good football player. And so, right. what's the challenge there? Because of the fact that there's just going to be a lot of athleticism that you're going to be facing. And, and similar to last year, you know. They graduated a lot of really good football players last year off of their defense, you know, and, and basically they're running the same stuff. They're running the exact same defense. They've just plugged some younger guys uh, into the spots where they had guys graduate, you know. So uh, and it's a defense that we've gone against several times. Sometimes, you know, the four-two-five gives us uh, some trouble. There's other times where we're able to navigate it, you know, because it's real similar to what uh, – 
Coach McCone does to us uh, during the spring. So our kids have a little familiarity with it. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we work on, you know, all year, uh, when we're going against ourselves, we can run against uh, Den Ryan. And their physicality, as we talked about on defense, but their running game, too. They're averaging over 200 yards a game. So that's going to be requiring a lot of work from your front and, of course, your linebackers. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's the responsibility that we're uh, putting on our defensive line and our linebackers is to, you know, slow down them uh, in the run game. If we can stop their run game, I feel really good about our chances. All right. And one thing I wanted to go back to was your offense. Now, this was something that the Deacon uh, provided to us in the game last week. This was updated on this. You all have had 86, uh, 86 possessions so far through the first eight games of the year. You've scored a touchdown on 55 of those. That's 64%. I don't think I've ever seen a number like that, but that speaks to the efficiency, the leadership, and just the chemistry that all these guys have. But, I mean, that's a ridiculous percent, 64%. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, you know, goes to the preparation. You know, it starts on Sunday, uh, or actually it starts on Saturday. We break down the video of our opponent, and then we go in, and the coaches, we game plan and come up with a plan of what we're going to do to attack the defense. And then the kids come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, learn the, you know, the game plan and go out and then execute it. And we've done a really good job of executing the offense this year. Now, we talked a few moments ago about the return of Carson Dempsey, and, and you said all the guys on the offense were pretty much rust-free. There really wasn't an issue there. But in terms of what you want to see with those guys moving forward, what's going to be important for, like, a Guillory or a Caden Finley, you know, or just for Hawking. You talked about Hawk a few moments ago, but just from those guys, what do you want to see from those guys moving right forward? Right now, we just got to stay healthy with those guys. If we can keep those guys healthy, uh, they're going to be uh, very productive for us right now. You know, uh, not 100%, you know, so they're not going to be as productive, uh, which means that we might have to bring uh, a guy like Devon over to run the football a little bit more. Yeah, and you haven't uh, needed him that no, much this year. We haven't had to, you know, much this year, but uh, this game, it looks like there's a good possibility we might need to bring Devon over. Uh, we also may need to, to move Hawk back into the backfield a little bit more uh, and put Burdine out in, in his slot. You know, so those are, you know, options. Those are things that we can do. Uh, not you know, and it all really depends on, you know, how healthy Ray is, you know, how well he's running. And, and if, he, if he's still kind of gimping around a little bit, then we'll, uh, we'll go more with Hawk and uh, Devon kind of like we did last year. You know, and you touched on Ray, and I'm glad you brought him up because the fact that that 34-yard touchdown pass that he caught, that's not an easy ball to catch, but it just shows you his – his skill level, his ability to make a play like that. Right, yeah, I am. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of college coaches here recently about him. That's one of the things that I bring up is the fact that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not just a running back. You know, he's a guy that they can use in the passing game. I told him we've thrown a couple of touchdowns deep to him. We've thrown a lot of balls out in the flats to him, and he's turned them into big gains. You know, so he's not just a one-dimensional type of uh, football player. Uh, he can run with the football, and then he can go out and he can make plays in the passing game as well. And you'll split him out, too. Yeah. Uh, when we get in our, our empty stuff, you know, which we call loaded, uh, but – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to more of that, you know, once, like I said, once he's a little more healthy, we can work on that, you know, a lot more. But, you know, when he's limited practice-wise, you know, because he's having to work with Coach Little on, on his ankle, uh, it limits the things that we can do with him. Okay. Uh, so as far as like just the, a game like this, this program has been through <clears throat> a lot of these games over the years, state title games, state semifinals, whatever, but district championships. And I, I don't ever want anyone to – either lower the expectations of what a district championship means because that's like the first step of trying to get to where you want to go to the weekend before 
Christmas, but what's it like playing in a game like this when you have a lot of things riding on it? You know, it's like playing a playoff game. You know, uh, it's not loser go home. You know, uh, winner go home and, and loser goes home. But it's it's kind of like that. You know, that type of atmosphere. It's a playoff atmosphere. It's good for our kids to have that type of atmosphere to, uh, before we get into the playoffs. You know, and. Den Ryan, you know, they're no, they're no joke. You know, they're they're a good football team. Uh, it's going to be a really competitive football game, similar to what we did, had with them last year. Right. You know, that was a that was a heck of a football game. Uh, it's going to be physical. You're going to see a lot of kids flying around, a lot of fast football players on the field. So it's going to be a fun night. Okay, before we go with you, obviously we will not have a podcast next week because you all have your bye, and so we'll be back here in two weeks. But I wanted to ask you in terms of because your bye comes so late this year, What's kind of the plan? Do you get basically give all the guys all how much time off, or how, are, how do you all kind of map that out? Well, we, what we always do is we give them the weekend before off. You know, normally we come in uh, Saturday morning and we'll put them through a little workout and watch video. We're going to back that up. That's going to be what we will do on Monday. Uh, but then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to have some practices. Okay. You know, uh, we'll we'll give some guys that need uh, a little time off to heal. We'll give them some time, but we like for them to be out there. You know, doing drills, uh, going through, trying to work on the basics and, and stay uh, in shape. And of course, if everything goes the way you hope it does against Denton Ryan, where you all win the district championship. That can also give you an opportunity to maybe go out and stop, start scouting District 4 or 5A, those schools down like Felton, the Colleen schools, that sort of, and Red Oak. Probably. Right. You know, that Friday night, what we'll do is we'll have the, the staff will split up and go uh, different places to go watch different teams, you know, uh, depending on who it looks like we might play first round, second round, uh, stuff like that. All right, Coach. Well, we'll look forward to it. Again, the Bearcats and the Ryan Raiders coming up this Friday at Tim Buchanan Stadium, which will be dedicated, by the way, this coming Friday. Pre-game show on 92.1. Hank FM is at 6.30. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock. We hope you make your plans to come join us. Should be in an electric atmosphere, just like it was at the Collins Complex last year when the Bearcats won 35-21. And, of course, we're looking for a huge crowd for that game uh, this coming Friday night. Coach, thanks so much. Hey, one more thing. Uh, we're, we're basically fighting for a district championship on all levels. Our, our JV, their JV's undefeated. Our JV's undefeated. Uh, same with the freshman groups. I've talked to a couple of different uh, coaches in our district that have played against Ryan, and they say it's one of the best freshman teams they've ever seen over at Denton Ryan. So that's going to be a really big challenge for our freshman group. So uh, that's going to be uh, at Tim McCannon Stadium on Thursday night. So if people want to come out and get a little preview of what's going to happen on Friday night, come watch the freshmen. Absolutely. 2025, 2026 on display in 2023, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And so, All right, Coach, thanks so much for the time, and good luck to you on Friday. We'll see you out there on Friday. All right, thank you. All right, Robbie Jones, the head coach of the Alito Bearcats. And in the second segment, we're going to be joined by quarterback Hoss Haney and linebacker Devon Key. Stick around. These two will be joining us. And then don't forget, in our third segment, we're going to be joined by volleyball coach Claire Gay. Stick around. We'll be right back. Power pistol formation. Guillory stands in the backfield. It'll be a keeper by Haney. Tries to break a tackle. He does. And he gets into the end zone. Touchdown, Alito Bearcats. And that was the uh, second or the third touchdown the Bearcats scored as they jumped out to a 21-0 and route to a 42-0 lead over Centennial. Welcome back to the Alito Coaches podcast here on 92.1 Hank FM. Of course, you can always get your podcast wherever you download your podcast also you can get it on the 92.1 hank fm website before we get started let's give you a reminder that we're also brought to you by h5 sports barn 
H5 Sports Barn and Nye Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. Time now to take a look at the Alito Alumni Watch and, of course, uh, just a couple guys that are just breaking into the college ranks. No appearances for them just yet. Uh, defensive end Ansel Dimbo, who was on the uh, state championship team last year, uh, is at uh, Washington State. And of course, uh, Jalen Pope, who was previously committed to Air Force, then was picked up late in the uh, recruiting cycle at Oklahoma State. Uh, he is now in Stillwater. And of course, the uh, Cowboys got a big win over Kansas. So Washington State was previously ranked in the top 25. Uh, they got a big game, I think, with UCLA this week. And of course, uh, you know, just a couple things to watch. And then, of course, uh, Cody Bradford with the Rangers. The uh, Rangers are who are up 2 to nothing in their series in the American League Championship Series against the uh, Houston Astros. Has not made an appearance yet, so just kind of keep on a watch from that. Okay, now, time for our second segment. Again, back by popular demand, I'm joined to my left is quarterback Haas Haney and linebacker Devon Keys. Please give them a warm welcome. Or don't. <laughs> Okay, guys, let's talk a little bit about uh, just the season at this point. We talked right after the, the game against Parish Episcopal and Haas. I want to ask you a little bit about just the way that you've been able to navigate this offense, run it the way you have. Just what has come to you that you thought maybe has come a little bit quicker, a little easier for you, and what's been maybe the challenge for you still with this offense running it? You know, really it just came down to experience. You know, I really just picked up where I left off after my junior season. And, you know, going into my junior season, I really wasn't comfortable in spring ball, which that kind of affected me going into the season where I kind of just had to become comfortable throughout the season. And, you know, by mid-season mid my junior year, I was comfortable in the offense and had a grasp of it. But spring ball my senior year, or it's my junior year, but I just had to, you know, pick up where I left off my junior season and build chemistry with new receivers, which, you know, I've been working on since my sophomore year. You know, Trace Clarkson, he got hurt uh, his – going into his uh, junior season and you know, that was kind of a Debbie Downer but I kind of picked up where I left off with him because you know all sophomore year after that season ended I was working with him you know hoping that he would have a big junior season and uh, sadly he didn't because he tore his ACL but um, it's been great I'm just you know enjoying these last moments with my best friends and having fun throwing the ball around and having great O-line helps too and having a great running back next to me helps a lot too so um, you know it's been fun. Devon, let's talk a little bit about you. I mean, you've already created three turnovers. You've blocked a field goal this year. I don't know. I imagine you could have asked for a start to this season like you have. Just how do you feel like individually it's gone for you to this point? I feel like it's gone really well. Uh, ended last year on a high note and picked right back up this year, starting off the season with two interceptions. It was definitely great. And it's getting to showcase all the work I put in throughout the summer, all the work we put in, especially as a team. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, this is senior night coming up. I mean, we, we talk about the district championship with Denton Ryan coming up on Friday. But this is also the, the, this is senior night for you guys. And I'm wondering if, and of course, there's the possibility that you all could actually play another game at, at Tim Buchanan Stadium in the bi-district round. But we'll get to that, you know, whenever that happens. But I want to ask you both about the fact that this is it. I mean, this is coming to the end, and it seems like it's moved so fast for you all. I mean, what, just what runs through your mind? after all these years, Hassan, where you were and then here we are coming toward the end with obviously what you hope will be eight more games to play. You know, coming in my sophomore year, that the summer going into my sophomore year, I was like, dang, I got 
three more PCs. I'm like, this is going to take forever. Um, this is going to be a grind, which it was. But, you know, like you said, it's senior night this Friday. And, you know, I wish I could have those memories back that, or relive those memories that I've had throughout my three years at Alito because it, this is a special place. And I was blessed to be able to be a part of this place. And, you know, I'm really just going to take it all in this Friday night and just thank all the people that supported me throughout my high school journey at Alito because, like I said, it is a special place. And I'm just trying to leave a legacy at Alito and, um, you know, leave on a high note. So, yeah. Okay, then for you, Devon. It's definitely been a fast journey. It's been hectic since the beginning. Freshman year, having to move up on varsity, play with the big boys. I was always uh, I was brought in. All the seniors, they helped me along the way. And I'm truly grateful for that. And as I've progressed, I'm trying to develop myself into the seniors that they were, trying to mentor the younger people and lead them in the right direction. All right, so let's just talk about it. There was a moment for each of you all when the light came on, where you were able to play at that level to where obviously you all now are Power 5 commits. Devon is committed to LSU, for those who don't know, and Haas is committed to TCU, and both of these gentlemen will be enrolling in their respective schools in January. Uh, Devon, I think for you, let's start with you and just, was there a game maybe that we all don't think about where maybe just all the light came on, it clicked for you, you got it, you knew you, knew you could play at this level, and you knew you could play at a high level to where you have an opportunity to play at the next level in college. There was no real specific instant Starting freshman year, I was at safety. I uh, had a good grasp, good grasp of safety, but I wasn't necessarily the best. And then going into my spring season, I transitioned to linebacker, and immediately the transition just felt natural. And I felt like linebacker was a position I could excel at. And ever since that day that I got switched, it's just been going up since there. All right, and then for you, Haas, what do you think it was? You know, last year going throughout my junior season, you know, I played I played decent, decently well and progressively got better through each game, but you know, this time last year is when I started playing my best football, or I guess last week, last year, when we played Burleson Centennial for the first time. You know, it was a big game. They were undefeated. You know, we had two losses under our belt. You know, we were so hungry and, you know, starving to prove ourselves right, which is what we were trying to do all season, and Going into that game, I was just going to play for God's glory and, you know, put it, put the trust in his hands, and I was just going to play my heart out, and that's what I did, and, you know, we came out on top, and I played one of the best games of my career up to this point, and that's really when the light clicked for me, and, you know, from that point on, all throughout playoffs, I, you know, was playing my best football, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about on the air uh, was that this game last year was when it kind of really, where you evolved. You and I have talked on several occasions about that smash route to Gavin Olinjack against the Colony, where that's where maybe it started to take that turn for you, and then the game against Centennial last year, where then it started just changing the other direction. I mean, what have you learned about playing the position since the Centennial game of the responsibility of playing quarterback? Um, really, it just comes to trusting your in your offensive play calls and trusting what the defense gives you and trusting your receivers you know make plays with the football and um getting the balls in there getting the ball in their hands and um you know just preparation and knowing that knowing what the defense is going to run against this certain look and what they're going to do against this you know pass concept just like i said having trust so yeah and devon i mean for you uh, you know I, I would imagine that you know you lead by example. You'll kind of chew when you need to chew. But, I mean, what's it been like just trying to set that example for a lot of younger guys? Because you've got some 
younger defensive uh, lineman in front of you here, but what's it been like just trying to help get the next generation of Bearcats ready to, so that they can succeed as well? It's definitely been a learning experience. Uh, started off, I wasn't the most vocal, and I had to learn, adapt. I had to become more vocal. I had to not only lead by example, but lead with my words as well. I had to uh, learn to direct, and it's definitely been great improvement since the beginning of the season and I'm looking to continue to improve, continue to inspire, and keep helping. All right, so the Bearcats taking on the uh, Denton Ryan Raiders this coming Friday night. 6.30 is the pregame show on 92.1 Hank FM. The kickoff at Tim Buchanan Stadium is at 7 o'clock, and guys, this game was epic last year. Uh, tied at 21, then you guys were able to score a couple touchdowns. Hoss, you had the 87-yard uh, touchdown run, which you know, I think you were here too when DJ said he was, DJ Williams was trying to race you down the sideline for that and then gave up and said, I'm going to the PAT team. But, uh, but I want to go back to last year's game a little bit because of just how exciting it was to be a part of that. I mean, there was the, the Midlothian game, of course, in, in the playoffs, um, and of course the Longview game, but just take me through just the ups, ebbs and flows of that game last year at the Collins Complex. I'll start with you on this, Devon. It was definitely an intense game. Denton Ryan came out firing on all cylinders. They hit an early touchdown, and we had to overcome a lot of adversity. We had to bounce back and come together as a team. We had to start flying around and making our own plays, making turnovers. And once we came together as a team, Denton Ryan didn't score anymore. All right. And then for you, Haas, it just, just what was it like being a part of that game? That was a great game to be in. That was probably one of the most fun games of my career so far. Um, just because of the trust that we had in each other, you know, offense and defense, you know, we were determined to win that game, and you could see it in everyone's eyes. You could see it in the coach's eyes. Nobody was, you know, losing their composure. We all, we were all kept our, keeping our composure, knowing that we were, you know, we were capable, capable of winning that game. And, you know, you know, going in that those last two drives, tied at 21, you know, in the huddle, you know, before we went out on the field, I was like. You know, what a moment to be a part of, you know, to have the opportunity to take your team to victory on a game-winning drive, you know, to seal the deal. You know, I was just looking up at the stands at the crowd because you, you, you can't take those moments for granted because it can be gone just like that. And um, you just got to feel blessed to be in the moment. And, and that's, that's when you play your best football, when you're relaxed and just having fun. And that's what I was doing out there. I feel like that's what we were all doing out there. Um, and that's what helped us win. So we, yeah. we, I was going to say, we got the offensive line's uh, perspective on the 87-yard touchdown run, but I want you to take me through it. And, Devon, I'm going to ask you what you're watching on the sidelines when that comes, when that's coming there. But, you know, what you saw on that play, and then you were able to, you know, get the block, down, and then you were able to spring it down, because you're running away from some pretty fast guys, too, uh, on Ryan's side. Just take us through what, what you saw on that play. So it was the open and play that drive, and we were on the sideline, we are in our huddle, and Coach Jones was – you know, he's figuring out what we're going to run next. And then, you know, most of the night we were running, you know, quarterback run plays to the strength of the formation. And, um, you know, he, he called the quarterback keeper to the, you know, the weak side of the formation. And they didn't expect it, which so it was a great play call. And all I had to do was, you know, outrun one dude, which I did, thankfully. And, you know, my old line got their blocks in and my, my, my left side receiver got the, his block. And, yeah, it was just a race from that point. So yeah, that, was, that was a fun play to be a part of, a one and done. And, you know. <laughs> Let the defense get back out on the field. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, do you is anything going through your mind as you're going down the sideline on that, knowing that you're going to be chased and saying, or, or, or do you just like saying, or, or are you so locked in there saying, I've just got to try and get to the end zone and forget what? Or, or how do you? What's going through your mind on a play like that? I mean, I was locked in on getting to the end zone, but I kept on looking back and I kept on seeing this guy in the corner of my eye. I was like, 
I better not let this guy catch me. That's going to be embarrassing. So I did everything I could to gut that one out. But he, he was a fast dude chasing me. All right, Devon, just what did you remember? What do you see about that play, the way that unfolded? So I didn't have a good view of the line of scrimmage. So I didn't see it till the later half. But I was watching. I was trying to find who had the ball. And I just see Hoss fly past me. And he was taking off. He was breathing heavy, getting his <laughs> knees up. And... That's all she wrote. That's kind of like running out of fear or running out of excitement, <laughs> one of the two, right, on that? And so The game was on the line, so I was just trying to get in the end zone in any way possible. So, yeah. Okay, so let's turn our attention to this week's game. Obviously, Ryan's defense is what it is. The 4-2-5, they're going to run three safeties. And uh, they, they, they're pretty young on the defensive side, too. They've got, some, they've got a pretty good mix of, uh, of, of experience and youth. What's the challenge that they're going to present with this offense? You know, they got a really, really good defensive line that is big and strong, and, and they got really fast linebackers, really skilled DBs who are good at covering, and, you know, they'll come down the hill and hit you. They're good tacklers. So really it's just playing disciplined football and playing the brand of football that we know how to play and coming out with a sense of purpose and, and intensity that they can't match. And if we get up on them early and we, if we stay on them, I don't, you know, we, we should be able to put them away. But, like I said, we got to come out with a sense of purpose and intensity that they can't match. All right. And then, Devon, obviously, you know, they're, they're not an explosive offense, but they're a physical offense, and they've averaged 200 yards a game rushing the football. So what's going to be critical for this defense in terms of being able to contain that? You know, they're going to get a couple runs here and there, but what's going to be critical for you guys to at least keep them in third and long situation where they're going to have to play, if not behind the sticks, but, you know, near where they're going to be facing some real challenges on, the, on their side? So off the bat, flying to the football is going to shut down the run game, getting there with bad intentions, and for forcing them behind the sticks early, putting them in second and long, and then force them out of their comfort zone, force them to throw the ball. Uh, overall, just play responsible football, play aggressive, play physical, and fly to the football. So obviously this game is a little bit different than what you guys dealt with in previous weeks with Saginaw, with South Hills, and Azel, that sort of thing fun is it to prepare for a week like this because it's been a lot of people will look at this and say it's, it's a two-week season with centennial and denton ryan and now there's the intensity there's that you know you've got to get back up and so this is why you want to play varsity football so what's it been like these last two weeks getting ready for these games i'll start with you haas you know it's exciting it makes you it makes you a little bit more excited getting up for practice in the morning you know especially after four weeks of you know i mean it's been fun going to practice stuff and playing these games but you know, you have something to really look forward to going into these two games because you know they're going to be big time. Everyone's looking forward to watching these games. So, you know, you know, it gives you a little bit of extra boost in the mornings. You know, get up ready to go to prepare for these guys. Um, so it's been exciting. I'm ready for Friday night. Okay, and then for you, Devon. Like Hall said, you can feel the energy just waking up in the morning. You're excited to go to practice. You know you have a great team ahead of you. And you can feel the energy right once you walk in the locker room. Everyone's excited. Everyone's locked in. Everyone's ready to go practice, go work hard, and go get ready for this game on Friday. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about Devon just getting back to Burleson Centennial last week. I mean, you guys shut them out. Third shutout for this defense this year, by the way. And I want to ask you a little bit about, because I was talking to bro Coach Brad McCone about this and that you all were able to mix in a, a period here and there uh, leading up to this game so that you guys essentially had like six weeks to get ready for Centennial. And it looked like you guys did have six weeks the way you shut them down. Did that come as... I don't want to say easy, but was it surprising to you how well you were able to control their option? It definitely wasn't surprising. The week of preparation we had leading up into Centennial, it was an extremely focused week. Everyone was on their P's and Q's, playing their responsibilities, laser focused. 
and then even the uh, weeks leading up to it where we would only have a period where we're going through Centennial's offense, we're playing hard, playing physical, we're focused on our responsibilities, and I just knew come game time that we'd be ready for them. All right, let's talk about this defense. Third shutout, what do you like about this defense this year? I love the intensity about us. Uh, no matter what it is, it could be pass or run. We're flying to the football. We're getting after whoever has the ball. If the ball's in the air, we're getting the ball out of the air. We're forcing turnovers. Uh, we're getting those TFLs. We're getting those sacks. We're getting the big-time plays that you look for. And that definitely brings a different kind of level to the defense. And I was going to say, and it looked like at the end of the Centennial game, even though the bench was emptied and you had a lot of second- and third-teamers in there, that there was a lot of pride to finish that game to get that shutout. What was that like on the sideline trying to get that thing finished where Centennial didn't score? There was really no drop-off. The energy was always there since the beginning of the game. Once the second string went in, they were energized. They were going hard. They were playing physical because of all the week of preparation we had. They knew that if they had to go in, they would have to be ready. And they came out ready. They came out hard. All right. Should be a lot of fun. Okay. The Bearcats and the Ryan Raiders this coming Friday night at Tim Buchanan Stadium. Pre-game show on 92.1 Hank FM is at 6.30. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock. To my left is the quarterback, Haas Haney. To my far left is the linebacker, Devon Keys. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Folks, let them know that you were happy to have them with us tonight. And, guys, thank you very much. Oh, oh one other question I was going to ask you about real quickly, Haas, and that was... Throwing to Blake Burdine. This is uh, I said this in the prod in the in the uh, broadcast of, uh, against South Hills. You have a TCU legacy throwing to a TCU legacy there because obviously Blake's dad is Landry Burdine, and who's the analyst for TCU Radio. What's it been like though, just working with him a little bit? It's been really awesome. You know, we've been running track together since my sophomore year when he was a freshman. We've been on the four by four, so I know we've 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 gut checked some four hundreds together, and it's been special to be able to. You know, not only, you know, win medals on the on the track with him, but to roll that over onto the football field and give him a few touches and touchdown passes, it's been fun. And I pro the most pumped I've been all year it was when I, when I threw Blake his first touchdown pass. You know, I, I was hooping and hollering and just so happy <laughs> for him. It, you know, it made my heart feel good to, you know, see him get a touchdown pass. So, you know, Blake's a special kid and a good kid, and, you know, He's, he's an Alito Bearcat for sure. Yeah, about a 14-yarder in the back right corner of the end zone against Sagan on homecoming, if, if yes, memory sir. serves on that. All right. want to remind you that H5 Sports Bar and Anai Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. All right, guys, thanks so much. Thank you. In our third segment, we're going to be joined by volleyball coach Claire Gay as her Lady Cats are cruising toward the playoffs, and we'll talk more about them coming up. Thanks so much. We're sticking around for our special third segment. And welcome back. Special third segment of the uh, Alito Coaches Show. Now we're joined by Alito volleyball coach Claire Gay, and uh, Claire's team has already clinched a playoff berth for the umpteenth consecutive year. I think it's eight <laughs> straight years now that your team has made it under your leadership here. They are 28-8 overall, 9-1. They have the lead in District 3-5A. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they will finish their regular season actually with three games, but their district season will end this week. Tuesday, they will be at Saginaw High, and then on Friday, they will be at Brewer out of White Settlement. Uh, they can wrap up the district title. If they sweep, they can clinch a tie for the district championship with one of these wins. But, uh, Coach, welcome and glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this team because, you know, you all made the playoffs last year. You finished second behind Northwest. 
But there seems to be a different, I don't know, chemistry aura about this team where they, you know, rattling off a 28-win season. That's not easy to do in high school volleyball. No, it's but, not. But let's just talk about what this season, what you've learned about this season since you all got started in August. Um, it's, August seems like so long ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, July 31st was our start date this year. And uh, from the beginning, this group of girls has really just been very impactful with, with one another. And they've really decided that they would stay like as a cohesive group moving forward and that they wouldn't let the outside, you know, outside the lines dictate how they treated each other as a team. And um, they just have had such a wonderful relationship on and off the court. And they really just care about each other. They support each other. They cheer each other on. Uh, that you know, the, the girls that have role player, like roles, the different roles than maybe just playing all the time have just stepped up big time and just created that energy that our team needs. But at the end of the day, like the support for they, that they have for one another, is just it's immense. It's just amazing to watch. Let's talk a little bit about as far as like what's fueled this run because you know you all have you play such a difficult, demanding non-district schedule. I mean, in years past, you guys would go down to Volleypalooza down at Leander. I don't think you went there this year, if memory serves. Yes, we did not. We decided to switch our travel tournament where we could see different teams down to the KDISD inside fair tournament and you know the Houston teams are extremely athletic they're very good at volleyball um, it was just different and, and it was the first weekend so when you're in the middle of school and missing that much school sometimes that just takes it drains you on that third weekend of play so we just kind of wanted to switch it up and take that first weekend of really tough volleyball play or you know in a tough tournament and we came back and had the gauntlet of Northwest tournament and then we finished at the Arlington Classics, you know, tournament, which was a little bit more set up for our, our season best of five games instead of like best of three. So it was really a good switch, I think, for our girls. And then by that third weekend, we weren't just dragging and there wasn't a ton of injuries at that point, which in the years past, that Volleypalooza is just, it's a, it is a tough tournament, you know. Rouse does a very good job bringing in very good teams. And so you that, that third weekend, if you're tired or if you're injured, it's really tough to get through that tournament. So uh, Yeah, I was going to say that. I'd imagine, too, that that can also, because since that is right before you get started with the district play, maybe you have a couple of non, other non-district weeks before. But it's just, the as you mentioned, the grind of it can kind of just, you, you may not want it, you may not have the start that you want for district play. Right. Well, we just feel that... Um, you know, like I said, we tell our girls all the time, August is the gauntlet. And if you can get through August and get into September and get to your last round of, you know, preseason games heading into district and you're you're healthy, you're, you know, still motivated to be good teammates, your energy's still high, I feel like that's the the compilation of necessary tools to get into district play and, and do a good job in district. Now, this program, again, is on a nine-match winning streak. You lost your district opener to Justin Northwest, the reigning district champion, and I'm sure everyone's going, well, it is Northwest. They're really good, and we'll bounce back. But, again, nine consecutive match wins. You all did obviously beat uh, Northwest on your second meeting with them, swept Granbury, too. What's it been like? On what have you seen that some of the common denominators that's fueled this nine-match winning streak? Um, I honestly, team chemistry is what's driving this. Um, again, they are the most supportive group of, of girls for each other, and they play for each other more than they do themselves. And so that's like the huge driving force for them. Um, I do believe that just we're pretty balanced this year. I feel that our offense and our defense just work very cohesively together. 
So, it, you know, offense does a really good job. Defense steps up when they need to. Our block is, is solid. You know, we have hitters at all different parts of the net that are, are attacking the ball and finding space and getting those kills. And then meanwhile, we've got the back row that's giving our setter great, you know, great passes and great digs to, to then, you know, be able to set all of those hitters across the front line. And then when you're making kids or teams guess on defense, and that, that opens up a lot of space and a lot of opportunities for points. Okay, so I'm going to go flip the script. And so since you talked about team, I'm going to ask, ask you to highlight a couple of individual ladies, who, because for those who don't know your team as well as those who are close at fall, just highlight a couple of ladies who have really stood out for you, their okay. years and what position they play. Um, you know, we can start with our, our senior that kind of has been a really good leader for us this year. Uh, in Vivian Parker, she's committed to play at you know University, University of Missouri. Um, she was injured for a little bit. She's come back and just really stepped up. But when she was out, like the, I don't know, something that really is a, a wonderful thing to see as a coach is that she took that leadership role even on the bench and, and really was helpful on the bench and communicating to the teammates on the floor at the time when she was not in the game. Um, you know, we've got four other seniors that are, are great leaders and Skylar Lambert and, and Nellie Anderson and Madison Woodmire and Faith Brooks. And they really just... Um, you know, they've really stepped up in that leadership role and been very supportive of their team. A lot of the points are played right now by our junior class. Um, and so we've got some really, really talented juniors, and they're just a really big class. I believe we have nine of them um, on the team, and, and we start four or five of them, honestly. So, you know, Kinley Elms has been a wonderful addition on the right side this year. Um, she's playing at a very high level. She's finding a lot of space on the court. She's um, I think our second leader in kills, maybe, I, I'd have to look at the stats, um, but she's doing a, a tremendous job on the right side for us, and the, the right side is very hard to defend um, naturally in the game of volleyball. And then we have two junior middles that have that have stepped up and gotten a lot better this year. We have a junior setter who's stepped up in Ava Redding. Our middles are Haley Lowe and, and uh, Ella Isbell. And then we've got, like I said, we've got a great defensive line in, in two juniors and a sophomore when it comes to Logan Denbo, Kenry Pruitt, and, and Ella Metter, and they've really just done a phenomenal job making sure that our setters have options, and that's and, and you can't ask any more than that. And then we've got some kids that step in in roles that we need them to in Morgan Estevez, and she can kind of play all over the place. She can call her a utility player because she really can just play anywhere. Um, she, she always brings a lot of fire to the court and a lot of energy, and then, you know, we just have really good practices with the rest of our team, we've got a sophomore that's starting, and Alyssa Todd, and, and she stepped up big time, especially when Vivian went out with an injury. And uh, and then we have a freshman outside that stepped in big, uh, when we, especially at that Northwest tournament when that injury happened, and we beat Highland Park. And that you know those two outsides were really just doing a great job, and, and the freshman's name is Kaylee Berkeley. So overall, we've got you know just a lot of really good working parts. Um, and if I forgot somebody, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that sure happens. I did. That's <laughs> right. It's kind of like herding cats a little it is. bit. It, it, it is. So, but as far as, you know, one thing we talk about with really good volleyball teams that are going to make a deep run, and if you want to get to the state championship, you've got to be really good at the net in terms of the block. Correct. And so just talk a little bit about that, what you feel like that part of that team looks like this at this point. Um, you know, our blocking is, you know, I think blocking is just a very hard skill to teach. You know, you 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 can work on it all day and sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't depending on what the other side of the net's doing. Um, but I think that we have gotten a lot better at blocking uh, as a whole this year. And we, and our, I think they're doing a really good job of understanding what the block is, in, is meant to do, which is take up space. And, you know, you love the block kills. They're really fun for the game and, and they bring a lot of energy and a lot of excitement when you do get those block kills. But you really don't see a ton of those in a match. 
So them taking, you know, recognizing the role of, of closing the block and taking up a space for the defense to work around, they've done a really good job at just being very consistent and, and uh, making sure that they close that block and then our defense behind them just gets in the right position. And so that's been a huge help. So, you know, obviously the first line of defense is the block, but and, and you just really have to be very um, precise and, and disciplined, and, and that's what they've done this year. You know, I, I mentioned this with football players where, you know, playing the option, and I was talking to Devon Keys about this, about eye discipline, but I would think, too, that eye discipline, really important factor of playing defense uh, at the, in volleyball as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and rec, you know, using peripheral vision is huge, and, and then reaction, you know, we do drills like that in practice where they're having to, to, to react and we don't know where the setters may be setting that, the ball on the other side of the net. And so the faster that they can quickly de, you know, decipher where the setter's putting the ball and closing that space is huge. And, and they've gotten so much better and so much quicker to do that this year. All right, so let's talk about the finish of last year. You all uh, were eliminated, unfortunately, in the area round, didn't win the district championship. I want to know how much that finish fueled to what you all have an opportunity to do this coming week. Um, I think that you know, what's on the table for these girls and what that they see that they can, you know, do. They've not been a district champion solely in, in a handful of years, you know, and I think that that's a driving force for them. I think that recognizing that it's been five years since we've been a district champion solely by the, you know, by ourselves without a, a tie is a huge accomplishment in any district that you play in. I think that, you know, they've got some, you know, fighting them to know, like, what's coming, and I think that they're just mentally, like, dr- preparing we talk about november just being like the fourth lap in a mile race and that's your fastest race and like you just have to go out and and take ownership of that and i feel that these girls together have um really bought into what they want in the end of this and this is you know a great opportunity for them to go pretty far in the playoffs and if not go all the way all right and so you all kind of have the scheduling quirk too where you all actually have the buy after your uh, regular or district finale at Brewer on Friday, but you did schedule a non-district match with Burleson, Deanna Newton's uh, program over there in uh, Johnson County. And I, I know that Deanna's team obviously is not going to make the playoffs this year, but the fact that uh, you all, that they agreed to play this match, what will you hope to accomplish with a match like that next Tuesday? Um, I think that keeping consistent, um, you know, just the, the consistency of the week, um, that routine is really important. Um, you know, we're on fall break right now, and, and that's always a little scary as a coach, like you know, bringing them in practice at a different time, uh, not having school ahead of the day, you know, is concerning sometimes. But these girl, the super girls have been disciplined enough to do what I've asked them to do uh, in their off time and make sure that, you know, they're ready to go when we have to be ready to play. Um, but I think consistency is key, and I think that keeping that routine is key. So I was very grateful that Burleson was willing to play us. You know, we set this schedule up back in January, so... She had no idea at this point that she was going to be out of it, but she, and she called and said, Hey, you know, we've got some injuries, but we are still willing to come and play you guys. Cause we know this is really important to keep that consistency in the schedule. And it gives them a chance to play one more game sure. for their seniors or, or their program. And so, or maybe gives us some of those kids that are not injured some opportunities to touch the volleyball. So, um, you know, we're very grateful that they were willing to play us. So um, it's just unfortunate timing to have that <laughs> that buy on the very last round. No, that does. And, and the one thing about them too is that they've actually, even though they kind of got beat up a little bit early, they've been kind of hot here lately they too. They have, and they and they have a very tough district. So it's going to be fun to see. You know, that district is really hard to get out of. And, right. And so I don't suspect them to just not play hard. I think that they just, you know, will do what they need to do 
to play well against us and, and in hopes, obviously, we play well back. So. Right, right. And as uh, you were mentioning their district, I mean, the, di the challenge of that district, Centennial leads the district, and they're, I think they're undefeated. And then you've got a really solid program in Midlothian Heritage, and Joshua's program is always really solid. So, yes. I mean, that's... That's kind of like a line of fire on that district. And so. Yes, and we haven't seen Midlothian. No, we played Midlothian early. We played them at that Arlington, I think the Arlington tournament. or We played them. Thus, it was Arlington tournament. Um, we played Joshua in our scrimmage at the beginning of the year, and we set those kind of things up because we know that, that you know we would match up uh, potentially with them. So uh, it's nice to have kind of remember back in you know August, which seems forever ago, mm -hmm. uh, playing those teams. But we've not seen Centennial. So that would be, you know, a good match, too. So it's just a tough district. For sure. So let's transition now that you are clinched a playoff spot. As I always have to look ahead to the postseason where you all, uh, more than likely, regardless of where you, how it finishes up, of course, we obviously are hoping that it'll be in a result in a district championship. But um, just talk about this because it looks like you all would be opening up the area, the by-district round of the playoffs two weeks from Monday. This, coming, this Monday is the 17th, or I'm sorry, 16th. So it would be Monday the 30th. And just to tell the listeners and what your playoff situation is, knowing that there's still some time to, to get this all sorted out. Yeah, we, I mean, playing the 30th and the 31st are our two options for bi-district. So obviously Halloween is not ideal for playing on. And so we would hope to play on the 30th. And we, you know, I always try to play on a Monday. So it does give you more time to prepare. If you can get through that Monday match, it gives you a little more time to prepare for the, the Thursday or the Friday match that, that could potentially be after that. So, um, but yes, we, we, we've talked to some schools um, that we could potentially play and, and are in the hopes of getting that squared away in this week because they're kind of battling it out in that district that we meet up with as well. So we've talked to those coaches and, and hopefully that, that Monday the 30th is when we'll play our first round so all right claire listen thanks so much congratulations on the start so far and uh we're looking forward to hoping that things will wrap up the right way for you all at least from a district championship standpoint again tuesday night of this week they will be traveling over to saginaw high and then friday against brewer out of white settlement again if the uh, lady cats uh split that which we don't want that to happen but if they split they would earn a share of the district championship but if they sweep they will be the outright district champions first time in five years you said i think it's been five years since we've been sold district champions all right well you got to sit alone at the top of the pedestal we'll wish you nothing but the best of luck on that thank you thank all you right for Claire Gay, the, the volleyball coach again we want to thank you all for being out here here at jake's at, on 1187 for this week's edition of the alito coaches show podcast no show next week because the bearcats have the bye but we'll be back in two weeks on the 30th, so maybe we'll have an update on the volleyball match if that happens. And so Anyway, we'll figure that out as we go along here. Don't forget the Bearcats fighting for the District 3-5A championship this coming Friday night at Tim Buchanan Stadium against the Ryan Raiders. And the uh, winner will get, obviously, the top spot in the district. And so the Bearcats trying to, again, win their 23rd consecutive game against the Raiders. 6.30 is the pregame show on 92.1 Hank FM. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock with yours truly, Kyle Hicks, Mercedes Meyer, the Deacon who always bails us out week after week, and Hayden Posey, our lead alum, is our engineer. We'll be back in two weeks. I'm Kevin Longquist. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you all in two weeks. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show podcast, brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito, with Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones and the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend. You're also welcome to join us in person every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers, 601 FM, 1187 in Alito. And then listen to every Alito Bearcats game, home and away, live on 92. 
92.1 Hank FM on the free 92.1 Hank FM app or online at 921HankFM.com. The Alito Coaches Show podcast is a production of Real Country, Hank FM.